Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 29 for me and season 25 for Amanda. And this is day 10 of season 97. Our first question asks us for a philosophical and literary movement that began in a Unitarian discussion group in Boston and was prominent until the dawn of the Civil War. So my first thought was something like Christian science. Mm. I thought, no, no, that's that's not a philosophical and literary movement, so we'll, we'll dispense with that. And I thought abolitionism. Mm. And then I thought, no, because abolitionism was a thing before the 1830s. Sure. Uh, by that name. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it didn't die off at the dawn of the Civil War, certainly. <laughs> it was still going for at least a couple of years after that. Um. So I thought, okay, a philosophical and literary movement from Boston, uh, or at least kind of the New England area, and, I, and transcendentalism immediately popped into my mind, because that was, was it Thoreau's thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know that much else about it. I don't think I've ever read any Thoreau. Uh, I, I, I just kind of heard of him and his whole thing, uh, kind of adjacent to other things that I've actually learned but transcendentalism I felt like was very much a New England thing early 19th century philosophical slash literary sure uh, okay yeah for lack of anything else we'll go with transcendentalism I had a, a similar thought process although the first thing to come to mind for me was either Quakers or Shakers and uh, I also didn't think those, you know, kind of ended abruptly at that time. Uh, but also much more religious movements, uh, more so, I would say, than philosophical and definitely not literary per se. Um, and so then I kind of shifted over and thought, oh, that's the whole thing with, you know, Thoreau and Walden and Emerson maybe and um, and transcendentalism kind of pop to mind because it it was sort of you know there's there's this linkage to the spiritual or um you know somewhat religious uh, angle to it with the unitarian discussion group mm. i did think about universalism for a while but i thought that's not really a literary movement i don't think um and then kind of transcendentalism uh came to mind that kind of clicked for me I thought, yeah, that sounds right, because that didn't really, if I tried to think of it having effects after the Civil War, that sort of doesn't compute. Like, I don't um, feel like it continued on as a as a movement so much um, beyond then. So uh, I also put down transcendentalism and had to check it very carefully <laughs> for spelling uh, or just, you know, at least... Uh, you know, sound alike spelling, sure. like all the syllables there, nothing transposed, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. E's or A's in the middle of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of pitfalls there. But the answer was transcendentalism. Indeed. Did you spell it correctly? I did, oh, I good. think. I can barely see the whole the whole thing, <laughs> uh, you know, having it's turned 50 this past of, week. It's a lot of letters to, to cross-check. Yeah. yeah. Question two asks us, what animal... Uh, lends its name to formic acid this is ants mm -hmm. I, I don't know exactly where i learned this but 
Um, I think f something about Formic is in their genus name or something like that. I but, believe so, yes. Um, but yeah, I just I just know that that's associated with them. Um, it says they secrete formic acid as a defense. I thought it was also used for other types of communication. I'm probably wrong about that, but yeah. either way, um, I knew, you know, this is kind of a, a you know, knee-jerk response in a way. Anything to do with formic acid is about ants, and so I put down ants. Yep, same. Uh, that's... Uh, one of those instant ones for me. Formic acid is about ants, and I don't know why. And I, okay, so apparently some of them secrete the acid. So I guess maybe after they had isolated that acid, they said, "Oh well, we got it from ants, so we'll call it formic." Sure. And uh, ant was the correct answer. Uh, I assume the plural will be accepted. Question three asks us, uh, "What high school Mike Demone, Mark Ratner?" Stacy Hamilton and Jeff Spicoli went to, effectively. Yep. Uh, particularly about a CBS sitcom rather than a <laughs> movie version, but you kind of had to go back to uh, the movie version for the far more famous mm -hmm. portrayals of, uh, I believe all four of these characters were in the movie. Certainly yes. the last one was Jeff Spicoli, uh, and the first one definitely was Mike Damone. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm guessing that Stacey Hamilton was one of the uh, one of the young women played by oh god I've already forgotten Jennifer Jason Lee or the one who looks like her I think Phoebe that's... Cates maybe seems like more of a Jennifer Jason Lee part if it was Courtney Thorne Smith but yeah the the, the Phoebe Cates was not that okay. part yeah. yeah Mark Ratner kind of sounds familiar but yeah mm -hmm. but Jeff Spicoli this this had to be uh, a short-lived adaptation of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right. I don't know whether that was the full title of the sitcom version mm -hmm. or whether it was simply Ridgemont High, but it was something like that. It was very definitely uh, taken directly from that movie mm -hmm. uh, and apparently not successfully, but I, I answered Ridgemont. Yeah, it's really um, notable just how short the run of this series was. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I you know, tried to watch it at the time. Um, I kind of a little bit young for it in the sense that the movie was more towards the R rated end of things mm. as eighties oh, yeah. teen movies goes, um, you know, featuring, uh, certainly lots of sexual stuff, uh, abortion, mm -hmm. um, and drug use. I mean, it, it you know, it, it hit all the high notes, uh, and yeah, the, you know, I, I would expect most people will key in on Jeff Spicoli because his character was such a touchstone um, and kind of uh, the most like meme equivalent type yeah. of character. Like he was kind of like the dude in the Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. Like he, you know, he had that vibe and that kind of like, you know, fully formed uh characterization um that 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 was kind of the part that stuck around with people also the very funny parts uh um you know they they don't mention like his teacher mr hand was mm -hmm. another one of the, the um characters that interact with him in kind of like you know in memorable ways let's say so anyway 
all of these characters are definitely from the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So we're left to assume, really, because if, I swear, if anybody got this from actually having seen the show, but not the movie, <laughs> I will mail them a quarter. You can tweet at us and I'll do it. <laughs> DM your address. Absolutely. We don't um, check the Twitter account anymore. I don't think I, I, don't well, think I deleted it. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so go ahead and, and do it and see what you get. Um, but anyway, Ridgemont High is yeah. what I also put down. In point of fact, I was exactly wrong. And it's possible that someone might have seen this show and not remembered the, the name of the school. Because the show was simply named Fast Times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But the correct answer was Ridgemont High. Right. I presume I will get credit for simply Ridgemont. Yeah. Since high school is it in the name of the... Question question or is in the question itself mm -hmm. anyway question four asks us for a country music legend who is in the outlaws the highwaymen uh, buddy holly's post cricket band and died in 2002 having overcome addiction and uh, advocated anti various anti-drug initiatives right um this is one where there's plenty of facts in this question that i i feel i should have known but country music is uh not a um, strong point for me within the category of pop music. Um, you know, I, I suspected I would have heard of this just because, um, you know, my dad was a big Buddy Holly fan. I have lots of his music and I've probably read a little bit about his, you know, life and times. Um, but I just couldn't quite bring this one to, to mind to full fruition. Um, I thought about like... The trouble is, like, when I think of iconic or classic country musicians, I tend to think of ones that are sort of like the 80s onward. Um, so I had to clear my mind of people like Clint Black or Travis Tritt or just like people who are definitely too late, who are probably still alive. I, of course, thought of Willie Nelson, who, like Keith Richards, probably cannot be killed by any, you know, uh, force in the universe. And so I've had to touch wood before I uh, finish mm. saying that. Um, so it, it, I had to cast back to like, okay, who's a country musician that would have lived to 2002, but was really, you know, uh, came onto the scene in the 50s and, and then 50s and 60s, you know, became popular, became enough of a legend by the 70s and 80s to be in super groups. Mm -hmm. Um and still, I was coming with very little to work with. Um, I, I think I was trying to think of Hank Williams Sr. And couldn't, though. Um, but I came up with George Jones. I thought, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's country singer. I'm pretty sure he's pretty iconic. I don't think he's alive anymore, but I don't really know. Um, you know, this is really just a name out of the ether that that I thought maybe ticked some of the boxes here. So I put down Jones. Reasonable. Uh, I first thought of Johnny Cash. It's mm. kind of jibed with what I remember. I didn't, I didn't remember his, uh, I don't know anything about his early career. Mm. Uh, I, I recall that he was one of the outlaws. Uh, oh, I yeah. figured he probably would have been in the highwayman. It sounded right. Okay. Um, the sticking point for me was his 
death in 2002. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I feel like Johnny Cash lived longer than that. But then I, so I thought maybe, well, I feel like Waylon Jennings for some reason is ringing a bell. Mm. But I kept coming back to, was Johnny Cash still alive much longer than 2002? And I was thinking, okay, the last time I really, like, remember thinking about Johnny Cash was when I was deployed overseas in 2008. And one of the uh, things that we did to uh, fill the hours of boredom was... uh, one of the discussions we had for a long time was the best cover song of all time. Mm. And we had that discussion for a couple of weeks. And then finally out of nowhere, somebody said, Hey, Johnny Cash hurt. And we said, Oh, okay, well this discussion's done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause you, you, there there are a couple of things you can maybe argue it uh, are, are more iconic, but it's difficult at that point. And then I started, so I thought, was he already dead at that point? 2008 he might have been might not have been for very long though i feel like we would have thought of it earlier if he had been more recently dead so maybe 2002 might be right 20 years ago okay uh, the song came out like the song had been out for several years at that point it wasn't still in the consciousness uh so okay maybe it was johnny cash i'm just you know forgetting that he was in buddy holly's band or whatever and did he do a lot of anti-drug stuff? Maybe. I mean, he definitely overcame addictions, or at least tried to for most of his life. Um, and, you know, the fact that he lived probably until 2002 or thereabouts indicates that he uh, overcame some of the more remarkable ones, because, uh, yeah, he did a lot of, lot of drugs. Uh, so, okay, yeah, I guess Johnny Cash. We'll go with that. Unfortunately, the correct answer was Waylon Jennings. Yeah, which I I don't know why I thought that. Because honestly, the one thing I know about Waylon Jennings is he was on Dukes of Hazard. Oh. He was the balladeer on okay, Dukes of Hazzard. right. That is, I could not tell you another song he did. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you anything about the guy. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. But for some reason that popped into my head, and that was but that was not enough for me to go against... You know, this kind of fitting what I knew about Johnny Cash, who died in 2003, by the way. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's um, hard to overcome that. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, Johnny Cash is one who crossed my mind, but I know a little bit more about his history to, to rule him out because of the crickets thing. Mm. Uh, I knew he was not affiliated with buddy holly or his bands or sure. anything he was always kind of a solo act um but uh and i will say in my defense that uh george jones uh did battle addiction to alcohol mm-hmm. very much uh did get sober uh he died in i think 2013 though mm. so a, a good bit later uh, but he wasn't a bad guess um but he was not quite the quite on the mark there and i I'm not sure even if I had thought of Waylon Jennings, if I would have quite felt like that matched up. So tough, tough road to hoe there. Oh, well. Question five asks us the name of the uh, urban center that existed in Western Illinois in the 12th century and was built around a central mound that that reached over 100 feet. Mound. This is Cahokia. Mm Mm-hmm. 
This is another one that I know largely because of the Civilization game series. Mm. Uh, in the most recent one, there is a city-state uh, that is Cahokia, and if you are sufficiently allied with it, you can build mounds that give you various <laughs> uh, trade-related benefits. Okay. Uh, I also know this because this was in a uh, the Midwest Mini League just from just a few months ago. Right. Before that, it was in the Indigenous America Mini League from last year. Mm-hmm. So Cahokia is a, a fairly popular one. Yes. Um, and I, as we've discussed, I think I must have heard it in some other trivia contest too. Because I feel like even before that, um, I've missed it a couple times. <laughs> In, in various trivia settings, maybe Jeopardy or something like that. Um, but I did know this because I did both of those mini leagues and uh, I have amended my trivia uh, oeuvre uh, accordingly. So uh, I did know this was Cahokia pretty much right away and was very uh, pleased that I had kind of set that down in memory finally because mm-hmm. it does seem to keep coming up. Um <laughs> And I, I didn't really consider any other answers. It just took me a couple of seconds of thinking, oh, the place with the mounds in Illinois, that's that's Cahokia. <laughs> Good. We're done. Yep. And that was correct. Indeed. Question six asks us for a solo card game that may have gotten its name from a sudden migration into northwestern Canada. Yes. In the late 19th century and... So that suggested to me, you know, uh, up in the Yukon Territory, I believe they had a gold rush around that time, and it was the Klondike in particular that um, gives its name to a solitaire game that I've... Uh, I don't think I've played it per se. I don't think it's the necessarily the traditional solitaire that, you know, might come on your old school computer or whatever, Um just there that's i think of that as kind of like the basic solitary and klondike is a variant on it i think um i I don't recall if that's the case or if it's um if i'm just mixing things up but anyway i know that klondike is a type of solitaire and that it fits into the idea of a you know a rush migration uh into the northern part of canada where they did find gold um and so i put down klondike solitaire uh, yeah, Klondike is, in fact, the basic Microsoft-type solitaire okay. that comes on your computer. Thank you. Uh, however, I confused this with the Yukon, oh, which shucks. I believe is where the Klondike is. Yes. There is a a solitaire variant called Yukon. Oh. Yeah, it's basically Klondike with a couple huh. of small changes. Um, so I've been checking the, the page all day to see whether <laughs> the official answer got amended. Uh, but I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I'm Yukon Solitaire is obscure enough that I'm not inclined to file an official uh, appeal, especially since I didn't get all the questions right today anyway, and I'm probably going to lose. But hmm. uh, we shall see. I mean, I you know because the official answer is Klondike, right? Um, and I, I assume that my adding solitaire to the end would not affect that, especially no. since uh, once the system detects Klondike, as we've discussed, it mm-hmm. should um, mark that correct. But also, a solo card game is pretty much always going to be a solitaire. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, I mean, I don't know. If, if there's a Yukon solitaire, I'd, I'd go ahead and 
and ping the commission about that, I think. Um, it might, you might, you might get other people who like obscure <laughs> solitaire games some points. Um, so, uh, so I guess depending on that, if it comes up, um, I, well, I had five on the day and it, I believe you had four. Is that yep. the right count? Four and a half. Okay. Depending on how that last one goes. So yeah. we'll see. Probably not good enough anyway. Um, I feel like this was a relatively easier day trivia wise. Mm. I mean, it's especially in an A-Rundle, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, perhaps. I mean, um, it, it, yeah, there are some kind of classic uh, questions in here. So, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to continue to be hopeful about it. Um, I have continued to have a pretty good record, which is um, pleasantly surprising mm -hmm. to me. I'm currently in the green once again. Yep. So... Uh, that's, that's a little weird feeling. I, I'm sort of, uh, a little bit, uh, expecting a shoe to drop or something, but, um, yeah, I'll just try to keep on keeping on, I guess. Yep. And that's it for today. Mm -hmm. So tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis. And remember, don't forfeit. Don't cheat.